Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have hit songwriter at 50 Egg Music, Rob Pennington. You're going to hear Rob's story of growing up in Georgia and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about his time at Georgia Southern and his early conversations he had with Cole Swindell about songwriting. And finally, you're going to hear how one phone call from Luke Combs helped Rob get his publishing deal and the story behind the writing of In My Drinks for Lily Rose. I hope you guys enjoy. We'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Rob? What's going on, man? You doing all right? I'm doing great, man. So getting right into your story, you grew up in Georgia. What was your childhood like? Man, um, so I'm from around Statesboro, Georgia, which is, uh, I just, it's easier for me just to say that it's close to Savannah, Georgia, but um, it was, I guess you could just say you're just, your cul-de-sac dream, man. Like uh, if you've ever watched the show, not the um not the movie, but the show of Friday Night Lights. My life's kind of like, like I guess, Coach Taylor. <laughs> uh, my dad's a football was the football coach at the high school for twenty plus years. My mom was an administrator, or still is, or I, I say administrator. She's like the testing coordinator at the high school. Um, played football. My little brother played football. Just um, it was just kind of a small town where. Everybody knew who you were because you're the the coach's son. So, sure. uh, um, but yeah, man, I, I had a good childhood. Um, played sports, was went to church. I mean, just kind of your typical, and you know, just kind of down south Georgia kid. You know, that's how I grew up. You know, for sure. Now, what are your first early memories of like consuming music? Uh, any artists or albums stand out in particular? Um. So. Like going back to my parents, so mind spectrum's a little bit different of music. Uh, my mom, like, was kind of more of the rock stuff. Like, she listened to Sticks and like Boston and stuff like that. And uh, my dad was more of like a Temptations, Four Tops, all the Motown kind of stuff. And oh, cool. Um, you know, I, I actually didn't pick up a guitar until probably you know, early high school, late middle school. And, and I fell in somewhere in the middle of doing like Christian music, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was in, I did like the church band, um, did all that kind of stuff. And like my first concerts were like third day and Jeremy camp and big daddy weave and people like that. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, and then somewhere along the, the way I've got into like, you know, nineties pop rock, you know, the, like the, Goo Goo Dolls and all that kind of stuff. So uh, sure. that's kind of where I guess my influence or the beginning of music kind of happened. I was just kind of all, kind of a wild range. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. When you picked up your guitar, was it just uh, something to do because you were bored or was it something like, oh, like I actually want to try to like learn this. Like I think I can maybe do something with it. Well, well I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Back, back in, you know, back in the day people you did things for girls so we we tried to we we picked up a guitar for girls to see if they'd like you and um, yeah. to this day i don't think it ever really worked but you know <laughs> kind of got a, got a got a niche for it man um yeah you no know, just kind of I, i'm i'm no 
you know, uh, no rock star by any means, but, you know, just to be able to, you know, kind of hear different noise, you know, different veins of music and just kind of having different things, you kind of learn how to do it. So I guess the, the main reason, I guess, to answer your question was to pick up chicks, but, uh, <laughs> you know, then you realize you can kind of home to it and you're like, oh, I guess we'll, we'll pick up a hobby at it, you know. For sure. Now, when you were in high school, were you already thinking that you might want to do music as a career? Because, I mean, I know that Georgia is just a vessel for creating country music songwriters and artists with Luke Bryan and, I mean, bunch, so many names. Were you already thinking this is something you could pursue or was this not even on the mind at the time? Oh, man, it it was it was way off the map, dude. I had no, like I said, I was just like in the church band, uh, you know, through middle school and high school and then kind of went to college and really didn't really play out, didn't play music out or anything. Uh, kind of, it was more of a, like I said, you get home from class and college and, you know, play the guitar. Well, I mean, I guess long story short, in college, we were doing, it was like, we used to call them late nights after the bar. And we were around a bonfire and there was a guitar and I just started playing. And this dude that worked at the bar, um, one of the bars in Statesboro, was like, hey man, do you ever play out? And I was like, uh, no, no. I mean, not like country music or, you know, or like Tom Petty, Last Dance with Mary Jane or anything like that. No, no cover music like that. And he's like, dude, what if I got you like a two hour set to play on the porch or something? I'll give you. Uh, whatever, a hundred bucks. I was like, sure. At the time, you know, a hundred bucks is you're a rich man in college, you, you know, pay for yeah. a bar tab, so whatever. Sure. Yeah, man. And I mean, it kind of just took off from there. Like I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like you can play, play, you know, you can do this besides doing the church thing. And uh, so I did that in college and um, I know I'm kind of rambling on, but it wasn't until college that I didn't know that like, songwriting was a, a thing yeah so it was kind of uh i just always just assumed oh you the, the artists wrote their own songs and it was this and that and just they just they just appeared and i didn't realize uh until college uh, a guy named blaine rhodes he, he actually lives in nashville he works over at tape room he was in the same fraternity that i was uh, a little bit older than i he would always especially like on the weekends, whenever we were, you know, hanging out or pre-gaming or what, he'd always have these songs that like nobody's ever heard of. You know, like, how do you like, how do you get these songs? It's like, oh, this is a demo from so and so, my buddy. You know, sent me. And at the time, I didn't know, but it was it was Cole Swindell. He was trying to do the songwriting thing at the time. He was still doing merch for Luke. They were sending him songs, sending Blaine songs, and I was like, well, I want to learn how to do that. Well. Um, you know, then, you know, kind of full circle, Cole was actually in the same fraternity I was, and he would come back to Statesboro, and I finally met him. And, you know, that's kind of how the door opened. I'm like, okay, songwriting's a thing, you know. So that I guess that's how I learned about that I wanted to be a songwriter at that, around college time. So Sure. Do you remember any early conversations with Cole, like when you guys first met? Maybe when I mean, because he probably hadn't had any cuts yet at that time yet either. Do you have any conversation when you guys are both like talking about maybe trying to do this as a career? Um, yeah, he definitely didn't have any cuts, but then, <laughs> hey, um, I mean, I'm trying to think what we used to talk about. He's just, I just remember back in the day, 
he was he, this is before as one of his first cuts i think it was right before roller coaster and he sent me there was a song called on luke bryan's one of his first albums called beard in the headlights yeah and he, he's like this is what he's like man you, you write you know 400 songs in a year but if you can get this one song it makes it makes the whole year worth it and i just remember like conversations like that man and you know and it holds true today like you we write through 300 songs, but if you can get that one that just clicks, it's just like, Oh, it's just, it's just nothing. Not a, there's not a feeling in the world like that, you know? No doubt. So did you finish college or did you end up moving to Nashville during that time period? Oh yeah. My mom would have killed me if I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was on the five-year plan. I finished at Georgia Southern best college in America. Uh, and then I actually took a job in Savannah, Georgia doing, um, I was an equipment provider for a company called it was Neff Rental at the time, but we provided contractors with, um, you know, equipment. And I was still toying with like, do I really want to do this? Uh, you know, do I rather just make money and, you know, just be like a, a normal, I don't want to say normal person, but like just, just be content living in Savannah and being able to get back to Statesboro and go to Georgia Southern football games and, yeah. That kind of stuff. And then, you know, life kind of happened and I wasn't really content and wasn't happy. And then one of my other buddies just through the Georgia circuit playing uh, uh, the bars and just knowing different people. Ray Fulcher was already actually up here at the time. And he's like, dude, you got to do it. You got to do it, man. Just, I mean, if you get 10 years down the road and you did all the, the ifs and what it could have been and all that kind of stuff. So um, I ended up being able to transfer within my company. There was a job open with the Nashville branch with the same company. So I transferred, which got me to Nashville. And then that's kind of when the work kind of began. Um, I still had a big boy job, but I was able to network and kind of meet different people and find out, all right, this is how you do this. And this is how you don't do this. And, um, that was, that's what got me to Nashville, uh, doing that job, uh, at the time being for sure. Now, is it through Ray that you ended up meeting Luke Combs? Have you already made that connection? Um, it's a little bit, it's kind of crazy. Um, it was kind of through Ray, but it was actually through another guy from Statesboro. And I'm probably, I'm probably butchering this, the relationship up um but a family friend of mine wife's sister is luke's cousin and i'm probably i probably just butched all that up but <laughs> long story short back in the day like when vine vine was the cool thing to do it was cooler than tiktok and oh, yeah. like that's when luke was kind of popping off on vine and he was trying to do like little bar circuits and stuff. And, you know, long story short, we emailed back and forth. Cause I was trying to get him. I did a little bit of booking um, at the, is my thing messing up on the, sorry. Something's being weird, but. Hope it doesn't mess, mess your thing up. Sorry. Nah, we should be, it, we should be good. When it exports, maybe it'll be, be okay. You're good to keep going. Okay. <laughs> maybe just the audio. Yeah. Well, uh, Anyway, so we had just emailed back and forth because I was trying to get because I, I helped sometimes at the bar, one of the bars in Statesboro with the um, booking, uh, of, you know, player bands and stuff like that. So 
Um, anyway, we had just emailed at the time. I'd never met him face to face. Well, when I got to Nashville, it's through Ray, and we finally kind of put – I mean, we knew who each other were. We kind of put everything together, and that started that relationship there. I got you. Were you trying to do anything on Vine at that time too? I mean, we were all trying to do something on Vine, but mine was more of the uh, you know uh, slap cam kind of stuff and pushing people in the bushes, like the the, the funnier things <laughs> instead of the music. <laughs> I got you. Now, so when you, you were uh, moving, first moving to town, were you wanting to pursue an artist career or a songwriter career initially? Yes, I would say I was trying to do the artist thing for sure. Um, just because I thought I could, you know, back, and I think that's what a lot of people when they move to town is you're kind of the big fish in a small pond. And I was like, well, heck I can sing, you know, um, you know, why not trying to do it? So sure. I, um, I try to do it artists and I put out some songs and all that kind of stuff. But I think I was kind of uh, my heart, was more behind the scenes and, you know, be having the, doing the problem solving and putting the puzzle together, you know, finding the hook and all that kind of stuff, you know. For sure. I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of uh, your music as an artist. I love your song, uh, Messed Up Makeup, which you wrote with Ray Fulger and uh, Chris Rogers. I love the line, uh, Maybelline ain't made to make up, or Maybelline ain't made to be running down your cheeks. What do you remember about the day that you wrote that song? Um... Goodness gracious, that's years ago, man. Um, and I think you, I, I, I saw somewhere that it it was like four years you sat on it before you released it too, right? Oh, yeah, it's even older than, than we released it. And I don't yeah. know, I just keep on coming back to it. I'm trying to think. It was something funny. Like, whenever we write with Ray, he's always got this, like, like not crazy story, but it's just like, Ray, come on, man. He's like, but I think that day, you know, I uh, – I, I never make women cry, but he, I think he, I think he had made a girl cry. And I was like, man, come on. You can't be messing up her makeup like that or something. And, and that kind of just, and Chris was like, well, that's what we're writing today. Messed up makeup. So that's Ooh. what we. Now you have a really cool story on how you got your publishing deal with 50 egg. Luke Combs actually personally calls his co-owner, Tally Canterbury at 50 egg and tells him like, you need to check out this guy's music. What does that mean to you? to have like these big power players in country music vouching for you saying like, you need to listen to this guy. Oh man, it's just it's kind of an unreal feeling, and you know it's it's still kind of hard to fathom how how it happened and when it happened, and just uh, you know just for them to, especially Luke, to you know take a risk and take a chance on an old buddy. Uh, you know, it's just I can't thank him enough, man. I, I don't I I'll kind of just go into a quick story, but it was right in the midst of covid man and we i was still working the the construction job and um the tornado had just come through nashville and yeah if you can imagine like just people needing generators and pumps and what excavate whatever you name like we are crazy and just i mean honestly from what i've kind of got been told like the story is like when everybody was going through uh you know, COVID do, doing the COVID mustache. I had posted a picture on Instagram and had a mustache and Luke was like, what's going on, man? Or, you know, what's, what's Pennington been up to? And he was actually with Ray. And he's always like, oh, still trying to write songs. He's still writing a job. He's still doing the construction gig. And it's like, we're going to change that. And 
I mean, a matter of, I can't, I'm, I've been getting worse with my math. What's three days, 72 hours. Like I had a meeting with Singleton and Tally on that Monday. We talked about an hour, hour and a half. Um, Tuesday, I get a text from Tally. She's like, send me more songs. And then Wednesday, I get a text from Tally. She's like, hey, can you hop on a Zoom at two o'clock? And I mean, I'm in my truck with a mustache and Luke's on there. And it's, it's been, I mean, it's been a minute since we've like talked and he's like, all right, dude, we're going to do this thing. Let's, uh, you know, we're going to give you a publishing deal and we're excited to work with you. And, you know, it's just been kind of, been off to the races there, man. Little victories here and there, and I'm just enjoying the journey. It's been a, it's been a cool experience. For sure. Now, when you're sending songs to them, were they just like iPhone demos, or were you like recording like professional demos at the time, trying to put the songs? Oh yeah, man. We had we we uh we call them underground demos, man. Where you we pay some dude two hundred bucks and you go stand in his closet and sing a <laughs> demo. And, um, and at the time, I I made a couple friends with a couple track guys, so I, I had some demos, but uh. Uh, but I did send some work tapes just just for the differentiation and, you know, just different songs with different people instead of, you know, I thought just, I could just send some, every song that I've written with Ray. And they were like, no, we need to we we need to hear what you can do with other people, which makes sense. You know, yeah. so but yeah, I sent them kind of a little bit of everything. For sure. Now, how many days a week are you writing now and at the point in your career? Oh, man, they keep me busy. I like being busy. I don't like during sitting around but i'm usually four to five days a week gotcha is there anyone that's uh new to town uh new any new writers or artists you see that you uh, think might be the next big thing that you've been working with man all that's kind of a i've been working with this new kid he's kind of popping off um josh josh ross he's from canada oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um uh, we've written a couple songs and he's just got something uh cool about him that like he's just kind of you kind of gravitate toward mm -hmm. um and on top of that he's a cool dude um let's see here um that's the one that comes to mind man I, i'm kind of just been in songwriter mode here lately uh but just your typical like I mean, the Dylan Marlowe's of the world. He's actually from where I'm from. Like, I think yeah. he's going to start. Um, it's kind of it's kind of funny. All the people that, I, if you would ask me on this podcast, you know, six months ago, I've been able, bang bang, I would have said the Nate Smiths of the world. You know, that when I was being able, could work with them and stuff like that. Um, you know, I just think, I mean, it's a cool it's a cool time to be at country music, man. It's like it's like people are trying to they're figuring out. Like it's it's like the re nineties grunge stage, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. It's like, yeah, we kind of do this with Nirvana and all that kind of stuff back in the day, but now we're just kind of doing it with a. There's a cool little grunge stage with like the Bailey Zimmerman's of the world. I would kind of throw Josh in that in that realm, and then you've got like the. I still haven't been able to uh, to put a finger on what you call like the Zach Bryan of the world, like that almost like indie country kind of. Yeah, indie red dirt kind of stuff, man. It's like, and they're just coming out of nowhere. And then you have like the Megan Maronis of the world that are like, it's like a cool, but like a, it's like a cool old new Miranda types thing. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a cool time to be in country music. And it gives us the songwriters like the, you know, the freedom to kind of push the envelope a little bit. And, you know, instead of doing your same format of, 
I don't want to say some cliche of, of trucks being girls, but you can say different kind of stuff. You can maybe cuss in a country song, you know? So it's, it's kind of a cool time. For sure. Now, one of my favorite cuts of yours too, with an artist that's had uh, a lot of momentum recently is Lily Rose wrote her song in my drinks. Do you have any memories of the day you wrote that one? Yeah. So we, it, I actually wrote that with um, Jordan Gray and Jamie Davis. Uh, that was our first time we ever, all three of us worked together. Um, and uh, we had been struggling coming up with a idea and Jordan kind of popped off and said, man, I got this thing. Like if we could do kind of a play on words of like in my drinks within my dreams and, you know, make it kind of a lonely type thing. But he was kind of doing it where you drink to forget about her or something or, but he, I think he misspoke. And as soon as he said it, it was like, I only see her in my drinks. I think he was trying to say, I don't see her in my drinks or whatever. And me and Jamie looked at each other and was like, that's it. Like, yeah, like I only drink to remember it and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it can song kind of wrote itself. Um, you know, honestly, if, if me or Jamie were kind of just kind of too, uh, I, w- I don't want to say rednecks, but su- Southern gentlemen, you know, with our, with our twang yeah. and how, he, and, and Jordan's a, a country dude too, but the way he sings and he phrases things, if me or Jamie would have had the demo, then uh, it probably wouldn't have got cut. Cause Jordan just does a, just a cool job. And uh, Lily and, you know, Joey Moynon, they crushed that, that, that song. It sounds great. And um, you know, that was, I guess that was my second cut I had here. Um and she's just a, just a, just an absolute great person. And she's, um, they just killed it, man. They just killed it. No doubt. Now, when you come into the writer's room, are you the guy that has just a hundred titles in their phone? You're throwing out title ideas. Or are you more of a pick up a guitar and start rambling, doing a melody? I like to call myself a chameleon, man. Um, whatever is needed in the room, I've kind of figured out how to be that, play that role. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love having, I've got title, I've got millions of titles and, and ideas and stuff in my phone. I do like being prepared. I like having something and going into the room, but um, man, sometimes like I won't even play either. I just, the room just might not, might need a hype man or just some dude just to be funny. You know, like I'm kind of a, I, I think I'm easy to laugh at and that laugh with. I don't, yeah. I don't know if people just laughing at, you know, I'm just kind of a goober man. And, you know, just sometimes just a positive vibe is all you need or just, um, just kind of just a different outlook. So I, I think I, I'd like to say my role is more of a comedian. I, I like, I, I feel like I have good melodies. I, I know I've got good ideas, but it's just kind of whatever role, because if I'm in a room with, let's just say James McNair, and let's just say Ray, you know, um, well, I know James is going to have melodies. I mean, that ain't, he's just going to, he's just going to have them. And Ray's pretty, you know, pretty going to have pretty good ideas and lyrics. So that my, my point is you contribute which way I can. And, you know, that way I'm just the hype man or, or kind of, I don't want to say hype man, maybe a decision maker, but like, yeah, I like what you're saying here, but maybe we need to say it a different way. That's another that's another role that I've had to learn to be in a room is kind of be the decision maker. That's cool that you say that, too, because I've heard a lot of people say that about like Ross Copperman, like he's like a cheerleader in the writer's room. It's just like, well, how does this make you feel kind of stuff? You know, it, yeah. it kind of sounds like you can do that same kind of thing, just pulling Absolutely. things from people. For sure. So, 
I like to close my interviews by asking, what's a piece of advice you'd give to an aspiring songwriter that's maybe thinking about making the move to Nashville here soon? Um, man, in a world where everything is instant and instant gratification is there and you get results, bang, bang, I would say the music industry is not like that at all. It's it's the complete opposite. Um, every now and then you'll get some kind of somebody that pops off, has rights first first time, and gets a single. Da da da. But I would just say remain diligent and just just hang in there and and just you know stay humble and hungry. You know, keep on fighting and and be it. You know. Make every relationship genuine. I know that was a bunch of stuff in one thing, one thing, but I made it like five. But like, oh, yeah. um, I would say just get to Nashville, be genuine in your relationships, and remain diligent, and just work hard, man. And 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 it, it might not pay off in a month. It might not be a year. I mean, it took me six years. I've been in that town eight years, and it took me six years to get my first publishing deal. And you know, that's when the real work begins. But uh, yeah. just hang in there. That's what I would tell them. Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Rob Pennington. Rob, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you. Everyone, go follow him on Instagram at rob.pennington. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Michael J., guitarist and keyboardist for Jamison Rogers. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram, at Starting Small Music, and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.